0: Oh yeah! Welcome, welcome everybody back to Config Call in the podcast, all about anything to do with containment fiction. We are live every Saturday. This is the start of a new season. Took a break last week due to some technical difficulties. A Mac died, but it was a good long life.
1: oh but at the same time, his Mac lasted a long time. His was a good Mac.
0: It was a good Mac. It was about it was about ten years old. So. Uh, that's all That's all that can be expected. And this is going to be essentially... One? Oh, go ahead, Harmony. I can barely hear you.
2: Did you fix it or did you get a new one?
0: Actually, I got a new one. It's not brand new, but it's used and uh, it works fine. I think it's from 2017. Um, yeah. Working pretty well. Yeah, thanks for joining, everyone. This is uh, Dr. Krim. Harmony's here. And that owl dude has shown up. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hello. Hi.
0: And so this is going to be really the start of a second season. Uh, Not that that uh, delineation matters at all. It doesn't. But uh, we're going to start something a little new. This is going to be every Saturday from now on. Previously out of the gate, we did Saturday and Sunday. Got a lot of content under our wings. And now we'll coast at about uh, just once a week every Saturday from 11 uh, uh, central to about twelve. So I want to thank you all for being here, and uh, boy, what a two weeks it has been. It feels like a very long time, and I think that's just because a lot has happened. Uh, What have we seen in the last two weeks? Last time we were on, we were all uh, discussing quite heavily the impending removal of the image for SCP-173, which is now a done deal. And we were also on the edge of our seat about a potential nut war that turned out to be not really that... Much of a war it turned out to be a little more of a a, a toot, some hot air. But nonetheless, were...
1: uh, it was it was a failed raid. Which, to be honest, it would have been much better if they just like uh, I don't know, like it, I'm not insinuating like a freaking like like war here. But good God, like they, it's like it's they they pulled a John Brown here, but like having a terrible plan and having even worse education execution
0: yeah it seemed to simply be i think one person ultimately um was uh was behind it all i don't think we saw any evidence that it was more than one person uh there was some impressive shots fired i'll say i saw a few screen caps um from that and i think that it looked like there was a numerous uh amount of edits very quickly so uh seemed like a bot if not a very dedicated individual
2: yeah, but unfortunately, doing it manually only takes you so far if you're really into it.
0: Yeah, really, it comes down to you versus a team uh, on the SCP Wiki who are, um, I guess, they got you outnumbered.
2: Yeah, I think that it's, a, it's 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 like bank robbery, vandalizing the SCP Wiki. It's a victimless crime because they can revert it, and you can't really do any permanent damage.
0: True. It does bother them, and so there's something there, but just just not quite enough. Not quite enough. But I mean, anything uh, that
2: bothers a powerful lead's got to be a good thing.
0: Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I assume it's not hard to get under their skin, and that's really um, it's sort of like it's sort of like if you have ever seen a human who's you know probably ten thousand times larger than a, a bee or a fly or a wasp, um, but nonetheless that little bee, that little fly, that little wasp can certainly cause quite a funny reaction.
1: Say they should just use the uh, like, if they really didn't want to use the exact image, they should just use the same like sculpture, except now like it's in a, it's in a digital render or something like that.
0: Well, the problem with that is that anything in an overt likeness of that initial sculpture is technically uh, you know copyrighted material. So it, that's what we see here. Obviously, they did. A, oh, yeah. So they did a peanut gallery, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, pretty pretty good humor on their end. But this is a peanut gallery of uh, various interpretations of SCP-173. There's plenty of these. I mean, there's constantly more coming out every day on things like Twitter. And I think ultimately this has been a really successful art uh, artistic campaign. Having said that, I do think that the art that we're seeing is uh, the consolation and I don't think it's really it rises to the level of the damage done or compensates for it totally I think that the artistic celebration here is really cover fire I think for much more pressing matters right in circuses yes exactly in peanut galleries uh, literally and figuratively and um, I think that it's easy to see this explosion of art as something to be wowed by in the way that you may be wowed about an exploding firecracker in the sky. But the bottom line is that something had to be completely obliterated in order for this wide net of artistic input uh, to happen. And so in that sense, it's sort of this dazzling thing in the sky that everyone is sort of distracted by, in my opinion. There are certainly more concerning things about this episode that seem to be completely missed due to the upstaged pyrotechnics going on but some of these are very very impressive so there is that i would encourage anybody to look at this who hasn't um
2: i think volgens was terrific and i appreciated that he incorporated the black box redaction into the art because i feel like that's starting to become unfortunately it's first there's things like cross slinking, and now the random thing about the format that's taboo now is uh redaction and black boxes which is sad to see
3: yeah
2: volgens looks nice
0: yeah, it's amazing. Uh, here it is on the screen. If you haven't seen it, uh, and I, I didn't really caught that harmony. That's a really good observation. So I, I assume that this uh, center uh, black box is really an homage to the full block. Is that right?
2: Yeah, he. I think he said so. so he said so. He might have been in a server or somewhere else, but I saw him say that, and I was like, I liked, I liked it for the same reason that you liked. Like, oh, that's neat.
0: Yeah, this was certainly one of my favorites. There's quite a lot, and then we actually put out a video compilation ourselves on our new video channel for the magazine. That was something that happened this last week when we did not have the podcast. I decided to create some channels on some video platforms, so uh, we'll, we'll look for some more material coming through there. But yes, yeah, so if you haven't had a chance to look through these, they're really amazing. It's just definitely worth your time to look at them. And I, I do think it is, once again, not enough to compensate for the tragedy that, that I think just occurred. Um, in, in so many ways, uh, the community, we, w- we might notice, was not taken into account this time around when it came to a very prominent community decision. I think that's very telling in that um, maybe, maybe the answer wouldn't have gone in the way that was hoped for. But for whatever reason, the community was not polled uh, for this. And um, in my opinion, some of the rhetoric and explanations given uh, were sort of designed to quell any further questioning, and leave people sort of in a only low information and half-informed state so that this decision could be, uh, as we have seen, unanimously praised.
2: Yeah, I think that there was the one revealing post, and they were doing is like, are we even allowed to vote no on this? It's like, <laughs> you asked, bud.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it seems as though some people don't have a full picture of the legality of this, which is understandable. It's an incredibly complicated, very difficult to navigate set of circumstances legally. But, you know, we have things as confusing. Let's go back here. I'll show you actually. We have things as confusing as these official statements from staff. Um, Yasi Posse. we can see, is the individual who wrote this, where It is simultaneously stated that this is completely voluntary on the part of the staff and that Izumi Kato, for example, here has not forced us to take down the image. We are doing it uh, proactively out of a legal and moral obligation. And then this is juxtaposed really by the use of the word necessity or necessary, which appears several times uh, on this page and uh, in other various announcements. So it's very, it's very easy to see why there may be some confusion. I think that there's a little bit of leaning on the ignorance of uh, what most people inescapably and by no fault of their own can't have or can't escape when it comes to understanding the details of this. But it is what it is and it's done. It's their site, they can do what they like. And we are here just to comment on it. They do what they do, and we do what we can do about it.
2: The biggest takeaway uh, for me people, is that the people forget now that has it's the most their iconic site. containment hey. fiction image uh, in the whole in the whole community.
1: Um, so uh, it's like I said, it's their site; they can do whatever they want. It's also it's also the 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 Soviet states. <laughs> it's their decision. You must respect it. You must i'm not i'm not gonna go down that road i was gonna i was gonna start saying like you you will accept this it is your destiny
0: yeah well i think this is the the thing that's most reminiscent of this already is what happened i think it was about two years ago when there was this uh pressing uh scandal it was it was really the sexual scandal of 2000 and i think it was 20 where the initial age raise occurred and if you look at that and what happened there there was a similar degree of assent, unanimous approval happening and it wasn't but one year later that that was totally inverted and the real questions the real deeper criticisms which were expressed at the time but not really it didn't really go anywhere uh, those things came back to the surface it took about a year but those things sort of uh, rose to the top while everything else saying that this was a good idea fell to the bottom and it really communicated that that was a more of a rushed decision that people didn't think their way very carefully through. And I think the exact same thing is happening here. I think it'll take quite a while, but I would not be surprised to see uh, some more questions, uh, some more points that were glossed over in this process come back to the surface and stay there for a while. But, uh, we are going to today, just as a default topic, unless someone has something to bring up, take a quick look at the December 2021 recaps. Uh, we are, I think, a little behind, but the good news is so is the SCP staff. They have not released anything for January. So I thought we'd just peel through this real quick and just see what it is that we can see. One of the first topics in this is, again, addressing this very, very long running motif. And it's almost a joke at this point, uh, certainly is on this podcast. But we see again uh, the topic of censorship uh, censorship uh, for Dr. Everett Mann and Dexanope being discussed again. Essentially the question is being asked, uh, when is this going to happen? And again, uh, we still don't have an answer. So we will certainly talk about that when anything develops. But the bottom line is that uh, the can is being kicked down the road with both feet. Alright, and then the second topic here is about adult splash pages. Uh, This is basically just an implementation that occurred during that sexual scare that I mentioned already, where adult-themed pages, which have long been on the wiki and really unquestioned, despite the knowledge that the demographic is typically 15 to 19-year-olds, were addressed. And splash pages were brought to the fore, such that you had to acknowledge that there was adult content on the page before proceeding to the actual page. And I think the point for this is obvious, um, but I wanted to bring out another question, something that uh, I'm interested to hear people's opinions on, and that is trigger warnings. So we see an increase in trigger warnings occur on the SCP Wiki. Uh, for example, you see these in the top right-hand information module next to the rating module these days. There will be a sort of uh, you know, caution sign, caution emoji, and it will explain what in the article might be upsetting to the reader. And the adult splash page is sort of the same thing. In fact, they mention trigger warnings here, uh, which is highlighted in the excerpt from this topic. But I wanted to bring up just the general question of trigger warnings on what classically and still nominally is, at least in part, a horror writing site. And then I also wanted to see what people's opinions were when it came to um, just the function of a trigger warning. Uh, Because to me, it seems as though a trigger warning is meant to uh, make make any upsetting material less sudden, but I don't know if it does that. It simply just introduces it more bluntly and sooner, as opposed to later on in the text. What do y'all think? I
1: don't understand like what 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 the freaking point of this is. Like I, I remember getting banned from the Walton Files Discord server because I, I I I my first warning was. cuz uh, I admit, I again I'm I was kind of a douche. However, what weird is, what weird is what, what's weird to me is that when I was in that Discord server, almost everything horror related was completely, like, like if, if it was somewhat like offensive, it wasn't allowed on there. And what's what's well, weird you're is that like
2: horror and offensive. There is was it stuff that was horror, or was it stuff that people would find offensive or upsetting? Because those are two different things.
1: That, that literally, it was literally just like, like I was I was making fun of the fact that like uh... that literally the. I, th- I think it was, I, d- I don't remember what exactly what it was, but it was a, um, I was mentioning how the, how weird the fact is that, that there is no, like, uh, there, there's, it's like whatever there, whenever there was something on screen, they would always, like, have blood on the screen, and t- someone said, it's like, you can't, it's like, did you post blood? And I'm like, yes, and I'm like, this is, it's like, this is a friendly server, this is not, you're not allowed to post gore, and I'm like, what the hell your, your series had literally had a, a had a like a corpse flying like whatever whatever the thing is and then you're you're telling me that I can't have that out there I just like I get I get with the idea between trigger warnings however in a horror community it's a little bit uh a little bit weird.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if it actually does what it intends to do, which, which which once again is to sort of soften the blow of potentially upsetting material. But I think at the fore of an article that you might want to read, um, you know, it's not really saving in, in my understanding or the way I'm seeing it. Maybe I'm just uh, not, I don't have the right take on this, but it seems as though basically the person who would be wanting to avoid that potentially upsetting information is, deep into the article is instead really just given that uh, trigger uh, initially and the trigger warning sort of can become its own trigger I would say in, in a way.
2: I think they could have their place if you're writing something that you know has a really shock because if you want if, the, if you the writer feel that you are obligated to do it I think you should be able to do it if you want to but I think that I agree that they're kind of a self-defeating Sort of deal, unless you, unless unless you have something that's like extremely upsetting, that would be worthwhile to be like, I'm going to warn this. I'm going to remind you that this upsetting thing exists up front to let you know that it's going to be there's a pretty bad one later. So if you've gone through this, you should maybe, maybe maybe I can yeah, see like... it. I I see the versatility the, the how it could be utilized, but I think slapping it on any time that the topic comes up is just you already have tags. Just make a tag for it and tell people, hey, avoid pages with this tag if you don't like it
1: yeah because i agree with 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 some trigger warnings like i, I get i get the whole point because i like it how it's up front however like I, I don't understand what they're really going for here if it's a horror series because if you just no one's gonna care if like if like so like i remember there was like a um there was there was like a like article i think it was like a tale where scp caused the holocaust or whatever and that page was censored which <laughs> Which weirdly enough is weird in of itself because that that, that just shows what what the culture was but uh, previously on ICP. So I think we can't have that
0: now. I, I think Troy L wrote that tale if it's the one I'm thinking of at least, and I think it was initially liked, but uh, very similar to something like Doctor Doctor Doctor, although the subject matter was completely different. It was later. It
2: was later. Oh, Troy's fucking Holocaust story. Yes. He wrote that because there actually used to be an even worse Holocaust story that I think has also since been deleted, and he was, I think, I think it was like a parody and also showing how to do it better.
0: Well, that makes it that makes it better. At least he was, at least he was, uh, one one upping someone who did it poorly.
2: That's exactly what he was doing.
0: And Doctor Krim, just to go back to what you said, uh, what you said reminded me of. Uh, something that we've read on the Lord Stonefish interview, which was an interview done approximately a year ago, I would, I would guess, Harmony, uh, between Harmony and Lord Stonefish, who's the author of SCP-3999.
2: Not quite a year, but we're getting there.
0: Okay. And this was one of the answers. I'll, I'll read the question, too. How would you describe how the SCP format of containment fiction has changed over the time you've been in the SCP writing community? And his answer was that there's been a distinctive move towards epic queer fantasy as opposed to tightly contained horror, which I don't mind <laughs> from a reading standpoint, but from an optic standpoint, isn't great. I think 8,000 word epic tales about the Wanderer's Library or a trans ghost in a computer are not going to be widely read outside of the wiki and only foster a sense of increasing insularity. And then he goes on to say the things that are pertinent to other topics, but I think it's fair to say that the SCP Wiki is not totally concerned with horror. I think that it's certainly new weird is probably a, a better categorization. I mean, and... if they
1: want to, I mean, Final Fantasy is going the same direction. If they want to go or, like out of the horror thing, then so be it. But at the same time, like, like the whole idea of SCP was that like you would go on there and you would get cre- get creeped out and then then have nightmares. Well, now now it's about a. Like, like, as Mr. Medecker said, a hug box where people can't take a fucking joke.
0: All right. So let's uh, let's move on. That's some good commentary there. Um, And then this really, this next topic is called licensing request for article removal. And the summary is that staff discuss whether the licensing team needs the power to have copyright infringing articles summarily deleted and the manner in which they have requested this. So uh, this brings up a much, much larger discussion that actually has found some relevancy in the last two weeks with the once again the deletion of the 173 image. But uh, welcome, Dr. Fern, by the way. Nice to have you.
1: Hello, Dr. Fern.
0: And this really goes back to uh, a very long trend that we've seen and that I actually wrote about I think this time last week or so about a legal paranoia that we can observe in the SCP Wiki that seems to be driving it a little too aggressively in the direction of you know, um, sort of legal worry, legal anxiety. And this was just really another example of that. We can go back and see other examples. This one is actually on the config wiki as its own article. It's the SCP-3085 deletion incident. And this is an individual that many people might know. Observer September is an SCP author who's been around for a very, very long time. Uh, certainly, Certainly greater than five years, maybe greater than seven years certainly been a active person on the wiki for a very long time.
2: He's been around almost as long as I've been around. That's how long? I think it's 2013 was when I first remember him coming on the scene.
0: That's fair, and it certainly is impressive. Uh, one of the more uh, long-standing assets of the SCP wiki, I think, and a good author at that. And this was an incident where this individual had written an article, and the article is... Preserved. if you want to check out the actual Dement fiction wiki article on this. And the article added a link into it that linked to an off-site company, and that's because this comp- company was featured in the actual article. Well, the licensing team, who really has been the spear point, the spear tip of this increasing march of legal um, totalitarianism, I guess that's probably a dramatic way to say it, but legal concern that has really started to creep over the SCP Wiki, and I mean creep in a couple of ways, certainly power creep, uh, but certainly uh, purpose creep as well. But what we see here is uh, an individual from that licensing team whose name is City Toast, uh, who we just saw I think get promoted to a moderator in the promotions uh this last city month.
2: toast uh, point of order it used to be known as rakesis and they have also been around for a long long time they actually wrote the wind harp which is the first audio only scp article so they're a confic innovator who's been around the block a few times don't let their the fact that you haven't heard of City toast before in a while fool ya
0: wow it fooled me thank you for that history it's legal
2: paranoia god dang it's just,
1: it's just a side effect of uh because you know, you, many people think Stalin was evil, but he was also a paranoid sch- schizo. So whatever you think, I don't
2: think of- you can say that with any kind of historical accuracy. You know, you, you're not you're not Joseph Stalin's psychiatrist. If you would ever even have seen one, which he would not. I don't
1: know. It's it's just that like usually usually paranoia paranoia leads to uh, leads to as far as I can tell, they lead to uh, like. Horrible actions and so like that. So, whenever I see legal paranoia like this, this is just a start of authoritarian control. So,
0: well, two things to say. First, if you're going to shoot at a historical target in this, in this chat, in this uh, fit call-in podcast, you you might want to see if Harmony's around because uh, she is undoubtedly probably more accurate than any of us in that category. And then, secondly, yeah, I, I think that no decision is made very well in the context and in the setting of uh, unreasonable paranoia. You know, when you are taught to think through stress, uh, you have I to... I shot
1: in the dark, I admit. <laughs> yeah, you, you have I shot, to... I, I I I covered my I, head, my, I mean, yeah, my, just, my eyes, and I shot in the dark. Uh, yeah, we should probably move on.
0: Yes. So uh, this is really the trend that we're seeing. And the, the reason I'm bringing this out really is because... This, this was sort of one of those examples that you look at and you question whether or not this was a reasonable application of licensing concerns. If there's a link on the site that is actually to an outside web page that, sure, you know, features a developer, of in this case a video game, whose content is copyrighted. I don't know if we've ever seen a case anywhere uh, on the internet or just in general, we're linking to something that is copyrighted, is considered a potential copyright infringement, But that is what happened in this case, and so the individual was um, really talked with, uh, this is Observer September, was was spoken with by CityToast and other members of the licensing team, and they felt like that link to an off-site content was in violation of copyright terms, and underneath that all was the worry, unspoken probably but still there, that this could result in some sort of legal action for featuring a link on the SCP wiki, which is a little strange. um, And certainly one episode in a series of other uh, legal uh, concerns that may have been overwrought.
1: New clear take, but I think it's because the reason why they don't want you to go to another site is because they only want you to be on their site. They want to be in control.
0: I think that they're just worried. I don't I don't necessarily think that this is sort of
1: I'm just I'm just I, I, I'm just shitposting obviously, but at the I mean, same time I'm just like <laughs> it'd be funny if that's the case because <laughs> they're like, "No, you must be with us."
0: Yeah, I think it really comes from a place you Must of be concern. Yeah, I mean and there's there's a certain point at which you can try to protect something, but um you know, you come across a threshold where is it a hand to hold or is it a hand holding you down and i wonder if we've started to breach that threshold with some of these examples and once again we don't have to talk about it uh, but you know this 173 image removal uh, in my opinion certainly fits that sort of general shape of a overwrought legal concern and this is a very very long story a very difficult one to explain and so i've tried in many ways to write it down I'll share a link. Uh, this is an article that I wrote this week, I think, for my blog. But it says it says it pretty well, and uh, it was a response to a Kotaku. I don't know anything about Kotaku. I just know that it's pretty well known gamer online magazine. I think.
1: Gamer? Did you just say, call it a gamer magazine? It's it's what you call uh, what you call uh, like uh, otaku news because it's just it's it's just freaking guys sitting in the rooms while writing stuff but yeah I get I get what they're trying to do here they're trying to cover the story
0: yeah which I I was actually very impressed with uh this Ian Walker uh journalist I think did a very good job for I'm assuming he's not anybody who is neck deep into our neck of the woods but just when it comes to the legal uh, you know minutia of what happened in this situation they did a very good job. He did a very, very good job of, of navigating the legal uh, facts here. Um, there is one... I wish I could find it. But basically, they describe uh, the SCP Foundation and make make us make us sound a little bit like the Scooby-Doo team um, when it comes to taking care of ghouls in a groovy fashion. I think that's something that they actually said. actually wrote. But anyways... Um, the lar- larger point here, we can get to a couple more examples just for fun. I don't know if y'all remember this one, uh, but this is uh, the CCK class. Um, <laughs> this has been changed. Originally, it was the copyright infringement lawsuit scenario, and this is by an author Lord XVNV. I'm sure those are numerals that I'm missing. But this was a piece, essentially, of fan fiction that overtly uh, cross. Referenced a bunch of different copyrighted characters, and once again, this was also taken to be uh, potentially a legal problem for the SCP Wiki. Uh, in fact, there was an O5. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I think this is it right here. No, this is different. Uh, there was an O5 uh, command thread that was created specifically for this article, um, and. Basically, that's what this topic for this recap is about. It's this,
1: this. is fun. This is cool. This is also very copyright infringement.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the idea is that because you just hummed that tune, you know, this podcast might be at risk of being sued. And so that's kind of the that's sort of the approach that was taken here. And so as you can see, this is on the screen. This is the initial uh, version of it. And there's Rick and Morty in here. There's uh, Darth Vader is in here. Um, wasn't hey, there? A, hey, what? Go ahead.
1: Hey, Darth Vader can the Emperor can can now what? relate to the O5 command because they're both boogeymen.
0: Yeah, that I'll do. Hey, uh, wasn't there like a, a Rick and Morty tale? Yeah, that may be this. I mean, if there's another one, then uh, I'm sure it's been taken care of in the same way this one was.
1: Uh, no, there's another one. I uh, I remember.
0: Well, I believe you. I'll take your word for it. I would be interested to see what is happening with that, because what happened here, as you can see, is that all of the characters were removed. Uh, references to starships from Star Trek were replaced
1: with s <laughs> love it. It's like C- CK class, sorry, original character interaction
0: stories. <laughs> yeah, this is a really, really clever way to do this. And by the way, I don't know if you all remember this, but a few months ago, somebody posted the entirety of The Great Gatsby on as a tale. Uh, onto the SCP wiki with just one line change that had some it was basically an inside joke for the SCP wiki. But
1: um Okay, uh yeah, I found it's called I found the tail it's I found the tail it's called mint condition. Looking uh looking voice.
0: Mint condition. Let's uh take a look at this. I'll pull this up on the screen. Oh let's
1: see this. We need to see this.
0: Yeah, Doctor Fern, groovy ghoulies, that's what they said in that article, so uh, Dr. Fern asks, yo, whatever happened to that one SCP about the USS Enterprise model that was an actual working starship? I do know. Oh, not I really know. liked
2: that one. I remember that.
0: Did something happen to it?
2: Yeah, I, I didn't know this thing happened to it.
0: I think I vaguely remember it. I don't know. Harmony, you said this was part of the 3,000 contest, you say?
2: Yeah, it was part of the 3000 contest. It was either part of it or it was posted like immediately as soon as the 3000 series opened, I remember. No, it's series, series, series four, four. It's series four.
0: It's like the series century.
1: four, to the, add one to the boogeyman series that everyone loves to yeah, every,
2: Anything from like series one through to the beginning of series five, I've got pretty good memory of everything after that was after I left the site. So I have no clue. Cause I pretty much stopped reading new articles except for stuff that people show me.
0: Well, I don't think that you sold at the top, Harmony, but I think you sold before it hit the bottom. That's just my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think you've got it. I think you're onto something there.
0: Uh, so this is the tale that that owl dude was referencing, and this is a, a perfect, perfect segue to what we're going to talk about. So, But before we get into that, this is called Mend Condition, uh, and it looks as though he's right. There is uh, Rick and Morty all over this thing. So I don't know how this has escaped really the same sort of urgency that this um, that this uh, licensing request for article removal has with it um, but we can see that it is actually part of a hub and that hub which we will click on now is called project crossover and in the December 2021 minutes on this topic they finally turn the scope and the target and the reticle of this legal Uh, manifest destiny of the whole site uh, to focus on Project Crossover. Project Crossover was something that looks like it may have been created by Dr. Clef, if we look at that note, but it is at least a decade old. Uh, Looks like it was, well, not quite a decade, but um, maybe, let's go back and see exactly how old it was. 2012, so yeah, we're coming, actually January 2012. Oh, I love Project
2: Crossover. I've got multiple stories in it.
0: Well, I hate to tell you this, you may already know, but they're going to take it down.
2: I know, it's so sad.
0: And the reasoning... Uh, can I
2: have... SCP Wiki, can I have my stories back if you're going to be getting rid of them anyways? Please and thank you.
0: Here's a, here's a question for you. Let's say, an, uh, this is a thought experiment, hypothetical, philosophical question for you. And really to challenge the uh, Creative Commons uh, expertise in the room. If an individual attempts to post a article or a tale to the SCP Wiki... And it, and it does actually get onto the site, meaning that that text is now automatically and forever Creative Commons, but then it gets deleted, whether by downvote, it's not good enough, or it is electively deleted by something like this, what's gonna happen to the Project Crossover Hub. Does it still have to abide by the Creative Commons license? Can it be copyrightable by the author after that point?
2: No, I think it, it's still the material is still CC forever, but you could make like a, a like a Waluigi version of it, and probably get away with that.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And then uh, Doctor Krem shared. Found it by the way. What is this? Oh, this is the Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to me that this has not received some sort of attention. It does mention Star Trek Next Generation. do not
1: bring attention to it. We're we're only we're 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 closing in on the inevitable here. Come on.
0: Yeah, I, I think. I think we may be a slight head of the curve, but that curve is coming, and it's going to hit. It's going to hit hard. So I do, I do think that given the trend that we've seen, I think that things like this are going to be questioned. And actually, I fully expect an article of of mine not to show myself, but let me show you just why I think it's going to be removed. This uh, has embedded into it all sorts of logos, um, corporate logos, Target, Ford. Things like this, uh, they also talk about that in the December 2021 minutes on this on this topic, and basically say that anything to do with another corporation, whether it's a reference like we just saw with the Enterprise, whether it's a logo or anything, uh, is going to be is going to be targeted and probably taken down. And just to sort of bring out a little bit more of uh, what this uh, what this legal sort of um, anxiety looks like is that in this case where there's this, uh, this um, copyright infringement lawsuit scenario basically what happens that the licensing team uh, immediately asked and petitioned the leadership of the site to take it down they did not approach the author first uh, to maybe just ask whether or not this could be changed instead it was treated in sort of an emergency or urgency at least Fashion to the point that the author had to find out about it, had to find out that the article was was problematic uh, by the O5 Post and by through really through the grapevine. And what ended up happening was that through an argument that happened in the staff chat, per the recaps, basically the individual who asked for this emergency power to just summarily delete it, as it was an existential threat legally to the wiki, ended up uh, being. Uh, convinced to just talk to the author and that's exactly what happened and that's why you see it changed and that's why you see the sort of tongue-in-cheek and a little bit of snark going on in that in that title there
2: yeah it's not
1: everything has to be an emergency guys
0: yeah and i do I think wanna... it has
1: to be uh everything has to happen now yeah because you know that I, I see that one meme where it's like you see like the like like, that one little dot in the sky will, like, let... I know that's a person floating, but it's like, has, like, the lightning going around around it. It just says, NOW!
0: <laughs> well, that's a really... I really want to harp on that for just a second, because this is not something that's theoretical. We've seen this happen over and over and over again. Uh, first, it happened once again with this age raise, where there was a mass rush. And any time you see people running in the same direction without any deviation, no no one questioning anything you know it's a pretty good behavioral indication that this is being inspired or motivated by something more than just pure thought pure reason critical thinking on the matter and once again the the case that i've already mentioned was this age on raising proposal rather the age raising proposal which happened a year earlier which everyone was unanimous about is very very reminiscent of this 173 image removal where no one had any dissent Uh, Basically, saying no or disagreeing or offering an alternative opinion was tantamount to some sort of heresy. And yet, uh, a year later, we see this being totally recanted. People are attempting, almost desperately in this case, to undo what everyone unanimously did only a year earlier, uh, earlier. And the same exact thing happened with someone like Metaphysician, who we might recall was banned for plagiarism, and, and once again, I don't want to poo-poo the staff uh, at SCP Wiki for this. I think that Metaphysician certainly was uh, cruising for a bruising in this and had a history of this. But we see this, this sort of topsy-turvy running back and forth from one side of the boat to the other and the whole system sort of wobbling. And the period of this sort of reaction seems to be about a year. So I wouldn't be surprised again to see the same thing happen with 173, perhaps a year from now-ish, And at some point this sort of wobblingness is going to, in my opinion, contribute to, um, hopefully not, but what may be uh, the whole boat capsizing in that uh, there's just this whiplash procedurally that uh, certainly is going to upset a lot of people, particularly if something like Project Crossover is completely torn down and then the whole entirety of the wiki is sort of policed for any potential reference to uh, any actual entity in reality.
2: Yeah, it's like you're chasing ghosts instead of actually looking at what you have and dealing with the problems that are here in reality. You're worried about potentialities.
0: Let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little curt on that because you're so right. Um, there's been once again this urgency uh, in this SCP-173 image removal, and things like you know this article we just saw the crossover tail being dealt with. And underneath it all is this worry, this concern, if you want to call it a little more euphemistically, um, this caretaking uh, sort of motive for the Hawiki, which says that we are in danger if we don't fix this and, and immediately. And I can't help but just wonder, particularly in the context of some of these other examples that we've seen, the severity of those issues. For example, this, this uh, tremendous sexual scandal that happened in, what was it, 2020, Uh, The urgency is placed on topics that when you look at the constellation of issues, things that could be talked about, uh, things that could be approached in in a more urgent fashion, uh, things like how was it that someone who was, you know, essentially abusing minors was able to hide themselves in the staff for so long. This is really an inversion of priorities, I would think, when you have such an urgency and a push to herd the wider community towards uh, consilience and agreement on one issue and completely ignore other things. And just to round out this statement, if you look at the anti-harassment log of bans, you know the staff goes into a tremendous amount of detail let's say when it comes to uh, someone's ban like Harmonies, someone's ban like Furitz, someone's ban like mine, Uh, and then when it comes to the actual sex offenders uh, that are, were in the site that, of course, they dealt with, and we have to give them applause for that. Uh, those details are very, very scant. I mean, it just seems as though this is a group that is more interested in protecting what image they can salvage rather than actually addressing serious issues. And I do think that's why we have the elevation, the pedestaling, and the prioritization of some very, very odd things when you look at other issues, relatively speaking.
2: Yeah, it's like, why are you focused on these things when there are... I guess it's because the other things are harder to answer. This is easy to deal with. It's, they can make it look so cut and dry.
1: They're, they only care about themselves rather than the actual issue.
0: And to wrap that around, circle back, that's really what my and others, including Harmony, are critiques of this whole 173 image was that it truly only benefited staff. It did not benefit Azumi Kato, which is sort of an argument that's embedded in a moral consideration approaching this subject. Uh, you see a lot of people, certainly the staff, but also members of the community who you know, may may not have a total picture of what's happening, uh, but may feel They have way a worst
1: happening. reasoning than YouTube.
0: Well, so what we see is people saying that this is good for Azumi Kato, because Kato never really wanted the image to be up, and the toothpaste was out of the tube, and it's not going back in. And There's this naivety that thinks that by doing this the toothpaste is going to go back into the tube when it's everyone knows that it's not but there's this idea that that Izumi Kato was benefited because his sculpture is no longer being tethered to its connotation and association with SCP-173 But what is really really happening is that you have a deal here. The way I explained it in an article I just wrote is that, let's imagine that the SCP Wiki walked into a restaurant and decided that they were going to eat a bunch of food that they couldn't afford. And not only that, but they invited a bunch of people, their friends, to eat on their bill and their ticket. And then time came for the bill, five years, whatever, five hours later, and they couldn't pay for it. So the deal between the restaurateur, who was not happy about the stolen food, was for the SCP Wiki to go into the back and do some dishes and work off. Uh, you couldn't, you couldn't get the money back. You couldn't get the artistic integrity back. But at least I could get something, which is, which is some manual labor, in return. And that's exactly what the SCP Wiki has been doing since that that agreement in 2014. Eight years, really, of washing dishes. And what's happened now is that basically the SCP Wiki has absolved itself from the responsibility of upholding their end of this trade-off, this deal. And Izumi Kato is not at all benefited by this because as opposed to earlier when there was a whole team of licensing individuals at the SCP Wiki enforcing his copyright for him, now he's left to do that all by himself with all the dirty dishes.
2: You know that's a great point, I hadn't thought of that before, is that just because the SCP Wiki isn't using it doesn't mean that the image isn't already proliferated throughout the internet, like the actual damage you're trying to avoid has already been done.
0: It's already been done, there's no way to undo it, and staff basically just said, I don't want to do these dishes anymore because we're too big, which is a, com- which is a complete irony. It's, it's like saying, hey, look, my belly is too full from the meal that I just stole from you, so I'm not going to be able to wash your dishes. And so it
1: is exactly...
0: So the point that Harmony is making is, and the point that I've made, is that this really is not about anybody but the staff. It's not about Izumi Kato. There's this patina of it being an ethical thing that's sort of painted over the pig, like makeup, but, you know, if you really look into the details and think about it for a second, and don't accept the surface explanation of it being something that you can feel, feel virtuous about, you know, it's not doing Izumi Kato any favors. It's, it's taking your, yourself out of the deal. It's absolving yourself from the responsibility of the mess that you made. And it's not helping the community because the community just lost, as, as Harmony said earlier, one of its most important images and the most iconic thing. It's really what the SCP Wiki comes down to. You know, it, the SCP Wiki would not exist without that image. That's not an exaggeration. And it doesn't benefit the SCP article because it looks naked. I mean, you can already see this sort of quelling and sort of uh, rising up on on Twitter commentary. It's the people say, yeah, you know, I love the art. I love the art. Yeah, I understand it had to go, but it just looks, it just looks wrong. And so the only people, if if we ask who benefited from this, it's staff. They don't have to do the, they don't have to enforce the copyright anymore. Uh, Lily Flower, who's the, captain of the licensing team stated that explicitly said that they were going to phase out the enforcement. And so what they've really done is they've benefited. They don't have to, they don't have to do this. They don't have to do the dishes anymore and they still get all the benefit of having stolen the meal and they can quell this legal paranoia that we've been observing that's been going on for the last uh, couple of years.
2: Yeah, they can have. They can find something else to be afraid of now,
0: and they will, because I hate to quote. Oh, somebody, they will. I hate to quote somebody who might not be popular, but you know, a witch hunt never runs out of witches. And the problem is not that there are these actual, as Harmony was saying earlier, there's, there's, it's not actual issues that are present at the front door of the SCP that are being prioritized, and that the user base is being sort of goaded into. You know, addressing or being of, of one accord about. It's these potentialities. It's these uh, boogeymen in the future. And this was actually something, and once again, this is one of the reasons why we do this is so that people can have a little bit of a more intact long-term memory when it comes to these things. Um, in 2021, when the town halls occurred, one of the main criticisms was that staff was utilizing in sort of in a ventriloquist fashion puppeting this idea of this far-off evil boogeyman malicious actor in order to justify some of their actions. And in the response to that town hall thread, they said that that was not a good tactic and that we weren't going to do that anymore. And yet, certainly central to this legal um, march of concern onto the SCP Wiki, we see that a lot of the issues are buttressed by that same casting of a, an imaginary malicious actor that might do something in the future a lot like Izumi kato the argument was well yeah he's given us permission but he might take that away
2: something could happen so we have to be afraid
0: that that person over there might injure me so i need to injure myself first uh, not because it benefits I need to, uh... not because it benefits anybody but but because it uh, absolves me from having to worry about it
1: I mean, I, I don't want to drive the car because it's going to kill me. Let me blow up the car. That will help.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, it's an ab, abdication of responsibility in so many ways. And then furthermore, you really have to cast Izumi Kato as this uh, in a very mischaracterized character, way as this individual who is intent or even likely to pursue a lawsuit, which we've seen, I mean, if you actually look at the evidence over the last eight years, certainly in 2014 when this started, He's not the litigus type. He's not the type of individual who who would want to start a lawsuit. He doesn't want a lawsuit any more than the SCP Wiki does. Uh, And yet he's cast as someone who might in order for this legal part of the argument to be buttressed. And so we still see that the SCP staff, unfortunately, is puppeting in a ventriloquist sort of fashion these imaginary boogeymen and even taking individuals who really are the farthest thing from that boogeyman and sort of reshading them uh, in, in almost a, it's almost a dishonest fashion because we know that Izumikata wouldn't sue, he would just ask for a cease and desist and take it down. If I was Izumikata, I'd be more inclined to sue now that they basically run away from the deal that we had. But anyways, so that's, that's that.
1: Izumikata, please sue the SCP fan. <laughs> Like wiki because now they did it. I want to see that actually happen
2: now.
0: Well, I don't. I don't know how you could sue. You know, a collective of people like that. But we do know that the SCP wiki has. You know, somewhere, somewhere south of one hundred sixty thousand dollars, exclusively reserved for legal fees. And so this. You know, I don't think it's going to happen. But that certainly represents a honeypot that somebody could be interested in. And I don't. I don't think anybody would have a. um, a better claim to it than, than maybe Izumi Kato. Oh, hello, Adinchi How are you?
3: Yeah, hello, hello. What's going on?
0: Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're about we're about to wrap up here. Uh, we do this, we're going to do this every Saturday at 11 to 12, but uh, this is a talk show uh, about containment fiction, the genre, so if you have any topics or comments... Oh, sadly, this, or, no. That's fine. Just feel, feel free to throw them out. just want to make sure you're aware of uh, what is going on.
3: Oh, that's good to know. Uh, you know, I've MG. actually encountered you know I've encountered liminal spaces previously. Funny you should. Funny you should bring this up.
0: We'll do go into detail.
3: Yeah, actually, I've encountered plenty of liminal spaces on 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 many of my uh, of my um, how do we put it? endeavoring travels. I wouldn't say endeavoring travels, but personally, when I was at, when I was working for, for the UPS, uh, I have encountered a liminal space while working for, during the winter season.
2: I remember one time when I was visiting Asheville with my parents, we went to a brewery and the brewery was in an old, really old, big old, ancient, like, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania has been around forever. So yeah, I, I went down into... I don't know how I, I wandered away from my parents and I ended up in this big empty room, I think it was used for storing uh, stuff when they would brew with the gigantic. I wandered out into it looking around and then I walked, tried to walk back to where I'd been and instead of finding the door I just hit a wall and I was lost and then for like ten minutes I just edged against the wall until I found, finally found the door and went back up. Oh, that's I don't know cool. what would have happened to me if no one if I hadn't you know, done stuff that because no one happened. knew I'd gone down there and it was such a big empty creepy space. Stuck in well, the that's lab. What, right. that's, what, that's, what, that's what I think of when I think of like the back rooms and liminal areas. Yeah, is that kind I of actually. Feeling.
3: Yeah, when I was working for UPS, I had to wake up early, catch the train, and you know, I would usually be the last man on the the first man on the train or the last man on the train.
2: Yeah, when I when I get I get up at like four o'clock in the morning to go to, it to my job at Starbucks, in and it's it's, it's, in, it's interesting and eerie seeing the world that's usually so full of cars and people just be completely empty.
3: Scary. I honestly thought for a second I, I would be stuck on that train what, what i actually i had a really interesting idea for a liminal for a liminal enigma known as the as the long train which is literally it's just
2: i don't I think there's anything called a liminal enigma yet but there should be no, that's a great yeah. turn yeah there it.
1: actually is a, there's at the end of backrooms wiki typically the wiki dot. there is actually a a train one i
3: remember when i was uh Basically, how do I describe it? Uh, you're wandering, you're wandering through um, a certain area, er- through um, say an area of a, of a countryside, and you encounter this train. It looks like a train on the railroad crossing, and you're like, and you're like, huh, a train. You get aboard. You get. You you try and jump aboard the uh the one of the doors on those coaches. Those it's one of the much more those vestibles. You jump aboard. Board, you try and jump on the train as it's moving. It seems to be moving at a d- steady pace enough to jump on. You get on and you just, and it and basically you can't tell where the, the train begins or ends. It's literally uh, what I call what I would dare say a um a long train. We don't know where it begins or it ends. Nobody
0: on board. Yeah, very surreal. I think
3: that, be, that sounds like an SCP rather than a backrooms level.
0: Well, let's talk about that. No, it's second. more of a
3: limit. I, yeah, I, it's not me, a back an SCP. I would consider something called an LE, an liminal enigma.
0: Let me ask this. So, I'm not too privy on the liminal archives. I've read a little bit of it, and I certainly do want to get into it a little more. It's sort of being. Uh, it sort of has a family resemblance to classic containment fiction, which is like SCP and RPC. Would it be fair to say that the Liminal Archives really deals in the potentially uh, anxious space between the human psyche and architecture? Is that really what the Liminal Archives is about?
3: That is sort of true. And coming and, and come to think of it, when you live in a, in a city as big but as there's New also, York... There's also
2: the limb spaces, which are kind of their own system, so it's also... Uh, like that feeling of is outside outside inside I think you could you could use I think that's how you, the best quick way you could describe the limb spaces because they're their whole own settings but they're still these liminal uh, type terrains and biomes and what have you
3: if you ask me liminal spaces also play into the into some of Trevor Henderson's m- pictures as well you know <laughs> yeah uh, you know who trevor henderson is he's yeah, the he's, guy he's who he's does these, these really interesting cryptids
0: yeah so it's almost like the liminal spaces in the back rooms really to an extent as well probably first uh, seem to be sort of the mythos uh, a modern day mythos of you know humanity's dissonance with its environment in some ways and certainly elements of that environment which which we might uh, we might invoke something like siren head in that
3: Well, either way, I just want to point out that most of his pick that most of Trevor Henderson's pictures consist of using abandoned structures to um, to establish the, the um, these things, abandoned areas. Um, so trespassing. What a hero! I mean, aren't coal mines somewhat liminal, abandoned? Co- I mean, like I live in New York, where where there's very where there's very few coal spaces. mines. And lots of well, we do have abandoned subway tunnels, a few of them, but not a lot. I think there was a trolley- and I think there was a trolley station on- in- in the city as well. An old trolley station.
1: you're um. wondering uh, everyone, uh, he's- he's from, uh, Analog Horror, which is a genre of, uh, video stuff that he- That- that- That people do, like they- like Yeah, he, I work- I-
3: I- like I'm a- community. I'm a part of something- things like the Monument- Well, I'm not a part- I'm a part of groups for the Monument Mythos, Local 58, and such.
0: I don't know a lot about those, but I certainly would be interested to learn. Maybe you can uh, just drop off some links for us. Monument
3: Mythos, chat. well, long story short for Monument Mythos, it has to do with, like, the U.S. monuments and cosmic horror. Huh. You know, fear of the unknown and such, you know, that Lovecraftian terror.
0: Sure, sure, which which I think Confic really, really finds some heritage with as well. Well, why don't you share a link for us in the uh, chat here? I'd love to check something out after the show.
3: Uh, yeah, I can, I could definitely share you guys the, uh, the, uh, the, the link to the, the man who makes these videos, Alex Kansas. That
0: sounds great. Uh, that yeah. is,
3: that's the uh, guy's YouTube name. His name's Alex K K-N-S-S-S, you know, like the place where Dorothy and Toto are from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I know it. Never been, never been. Actually, I have been, Kansas City. Actually, no, that was Missouri. You know, it's a split city. But anyways, well, I want to thank everybody for coming. This is uh, just a a wonderful way to restart the show. I certainly missed doing it last week. I found other things to occupy myself with, and so I'll basically be splitting my time on the weekends between those two ventures, but we'll continue to do this every Saturday, starting at 11 Central and going till about, about 12, just to make it about an hour but we do appreciate all the interaction of course this show is nothing without the people who are here so I do want to thank uh, Denshi, Dr Fern Dr Krim Pixelated Harmony and that owl dude and Dr Pearson for stopping by as well really appreciate that
3: No problem Bob It's I guess it's more no prob Bob
0: and Digital Trash I want to thank you for being here All right, so uh, thank you all so so much for the interesting discussion. This podcast should be up on the website tonight or tomorrow. I'll share the link into this lounge. And I certainly hope that that you'll join us next week uh, at the same time to discuss what the heck is happening in containment fiction this week. Same bat time, same bat channel. You got it. All right, thank you all. Have a good day. Have a great weekend.